Hello and welcome to Running the Table, an ongoing podcast about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. If you would like to ask a question to our host or guests, please email your questions to rttpodcast at gmail.com or send them to Running the Table on Twitter or Facebook. As always, I'm your host, Keith, and today uh, we will be distracting ourselves from the game. Or rather, not. We'll be... Just a second, give me, give me just a moment. Hmm. So, uh, so yeah, distractions. That's what we're talking about. They happen at every table with every game played, and there's really no stopping them. So how can you manage distractions at your table? And what are some strategies to cope with easily distracted players? I suppose it could go without saying that the most common distraction you'll find showing up at the table now is phones. I've seen GMs and DMs handle phone issues in a myriad of ways, the most drastic being place your phone in a bowl when we start by the door. And that aims to prevent players who may habitually check their phones from distracting themselves or others. This is a pretty drastic step, in my opinion, but if you've got a problem player, it may be something to consider. Obviously with discussion and not just forcing it upon the player. I always hesitate, even with problem players, in part because you never know just how long a session will go and what a message may be about or just how important it may be. So, with that in mind, what are some less drastic, less forceful measures that you can take to eliminate or help to alleviate distractions at the table. You may hear some arguments that distractions won't happen for a truly engaging storyteller, so let me preface all of this by saying that's crap. Even the most engaging storyteller out there can end up with a player who just doesn't feel relevant at a certain point in the story. Or maybe they're just distracted despite their interest levels. Not everyone can focus all the time. So, while a certain number of distractions can be handled through changing up your storytelling, that's not the end-all be-all. With that caveat out of the way, let's address these storytelling techniques. So, let's say you think the cause of your players getting distracted is that they're not being appropriately engaged by the story you're crafting. There are some straightforward approaches that can be great places to start and build your own preferred method off of. After all, each group of players has different interests, different needs, and will respond to different techniques. The first of these approaches is the direct interaction. Pull a player back in by directly interacting with their character just a bit more when you see them begin to be distracted. For the more drastically distracted, this can even be something like a question directed at them, or maybe even so far as an outright attack on their character. 
This is especially true if you want to incorporate some level of danger or immediateness to the situation. Oftentimes, this can be enough to bring a mildly distracted party back into the fold, especially if it is just the one player. However, if you find yourself doing this a lot, it may be that there is a more persistent issue that you would need to examine. Before we get into that, however, another way to use the story itself to draw players back from their distractions is through their natural sense of curiosity and intrigue. One way I like to do this is to begin to describe an NPC doing something in a way that is intentionally hidden or obfuscated from the players. They may begin to dig around in a bag while muttering to themselves in the middle of their speech, or turn to an advisor to issue hidden commands. Often the sense of interest from others and the dialogue turning to something quiet and subdued will do its part to pull distracted players back into the action. Now, these are just a couple of story-driven ways that you can pull players back in, reel them back, if you fear that a lull in story is what caused the distractions at your table. There are many others, and you will likely develop your own preferred methods that work well for your group as you continue to run the game. These story-driven solutions that would work for each group will often be just as different as their preferred playstyles, and you'll have to learn them to maintain engagement. So, what about those trickier situations? For an experienced storyteller or even a GM who has some good descriptive tricks under their belt, many of the distractions that you run into and distracted players that you play with will be more related to what's going on with the player or players than your story. It may not be as drastic as the player deciding that they must be the center of all attention, whipping out their kazoo and humming away, but it can still be almost as distracting. As always, it is important to effectively communicate these kinds of boundaries with your players. And that includes acceptable use of phones, kazoos, lutes, bass guitars, drums, bongos, whatever other distractions there may be at the table. Now, since I've stressed this aspect of communication in the game so much in past episodes, I'll assume that you've communicated and made boundaries clear before we get into further examples. Let's look at a situation where a player is distracted away from the story and needs to be brought back in. In this situation, the player is invested in the story and will engage, but they're slow to respond or clearly not putting a lot of thought into said participation. They're definitely not on top of their game. We tell them to roll a skill or a check and have to repeat the request or some other aspect of the game. The player forgets how some part of the mechanics work, seemingly caught off guard or preoccupied with something else. We as GM may not know why the player is distracted, but that's fine. 
we shouldn't need to in order to bring the player back in. In this example, however, we can see the behavior. The player not putting in the normal effort, seemingly forgetting or not hearing parts of the story or interaction, or even not knowing that a game mechanic is required. So, what do we do? Well, one of the first things that you can try is something I recommend doing regardless of distraction, fatigue, or burnout. And that would be, take a short break. Give your players and yourself a chance to rest, recuperate, and recover. This level of breathing space can give your players and yourself a rest and can give you a chance to check in, see how they're doing, and to give them space to lose focus for a bit. In fact, anything that you do that requires focus and involved thinking can generally benefit from periodic breaks. So if you're in school or at work, remember, breaks are important. And during this break, as mentioned, you can speak with the player about their distraction and see if they might just be able to not focus tonight for some reason or another. Or maybe they're just having an issue with something that's going on in the game. You can use this break to address these concerns. And these are all accommodable, even if it means calling an early end to a session or switching to play a one-shot for the night that's a different game even. However, if it becomes a recurring problem, a simple check-in may no longer suffice. In situations like this, other options can include instituting a no-phones or no-whatever-happens-to-be-causing-the-distraction rule, or seeing if there's something broader going on in your player's life, and maybe they just need to take a break from playing the game altogether. Now, I do recommend considering these no-phones or no-whatever rules, because they give you a reason and the established boundaries to call out distractions being used at the table, especially for those who you already know have trouble focusing. Sometimes this can still make the player feel offended and, or maybe even called out. I mean, they are called out, but still. Uh, so it can be important to manage expectations appropriately. A no-phone rule can make the calling out of a distracted player go from something that feels kind of targeted, or even offending, to a simple announcement of, hey, everybody phones away. They're no longer being called out or individualized, and it's everybody that has to abide by this rule. So you can call out this rule without specifically signaling who is at fault. Now, the steps you will need to take for this approach will also vary pretty significantly. So this is just an idea of where to start and some of the rules that you can put in place. On the other side of things, these are only really applicable when one player is distracted. It can be another thing entirely when a player is actively distracting others, or even when the entire group, or most of the group, is all distracted. While these are more difficult situations to resolve, 
I hope that the basic techniques for handling some of these distractions that we discussed today can help you build ways to address these more complicated issues. Please, enjoy your game with each other and be tactful in how you address distractions as they come up. So play games, be kind, and have fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Running the Table on Distractions at the Table. Please join me next episode where I will be joined by Sarah, one of the members of the podcast Roll Like a Girl, an actual play 5e D&D podcast. We'll touch on some more player management and discuss some other aspects of the game as well. As always, if you find yourself with questions you want answered about anything tabletop role-playing game related, please send them to rttpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me at Running the Table on both Facebook and Twitter. <laughs>